Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. Straight up to the claw on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader as we are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Happy Friday to you, Gambo. Happy Friday. Happy yes, Friday. We're there. NFL playoff weekend is here. That's officially. right. Big bet on the line, me and you. Big, this big, big bet on the line. Big bet. Big lunch bet. Uh, Tom Brady, 7-0 against the Cowboys. 7-0. Never lost a game. He's going down. <laughs> He's going down. I expect a lobster lunch on Monday. It's going to be a big lunch here. Well, actually, the game's Monday night. So Monday night, be, it's a week. It's still weekend. We have a three day weekend. Still bring Tuesday. lobster on Monday. If we you, want. <laughs> you want lobster? Yeah, I'll be here on Monday. Is, is I'll take what? a lobster. Lobster roll. <laughs> we could do that. We could possibly do that. Yeah, it's the I got a buddy bed. of mine has the best lobster roll truck out there. Oh, it's so good. Well, have them yeah. swing by the station. Swing by the station. I'll be happy to let you buy me a lobster roll on oh, Tuesday. Oh man, happy to, happy to. The, the I so I was doing research. We'll talk about this a little later. Doing okay. research. There's like. Um, I think 11 guys on the Cowboys 53-man roster who were alive the last time the Cowboys won a playoff game on the road. It's like 1992. They do. It's the last time the Cowboys won a playoff game on the road. Yeah. 1992. You were a young man then. They're 0-8. Yes, I was, as a matter of fact. I got to beat Tom Brady's ass. I had just turned 21, and I was was feeling every bit of that. Micah Parsons and the Dallas pass rush. They're going to own Tom Brady in this game. (laughs) Just try to to talk so much smack to make yourself feel better about this deal. You know it's a no-brainer to me. You're just over there, blah, 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 blah. This is a no-brainer. If I was a gambler, I'd throw money on it. The Dallas Cowboys are going to kill Tampa Bay. <laughs> All right. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, Gambo. I'm ready. You know what? After having irrelevant football for the last you know 18 weeks, I'm excited to have football that matters here. Yeah, I am too. I, this I've is, watched bad football for 18 weeks. I'm worried we're going to get a heavy dose of bad football this weekend, too. Some of these matchups look really, really bad. Bills, Dolphins, eh. yeah. Ra- Ravens, uh, uh, Bengals, Ugh. no Lamar Jackson, no Lamar no Jackson. Williams. I don't even know Tyler Huntley's going to play in that game. Oh yeah, no Mike Williams for the you know, San Francisco, Seattle. Ugh. I got three games that don't look like they're going to be very good this weekend. Maybe I'm wrong. Giants, Sometimes Vikings. That one. I, I that's probably game. the game I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, that's probably the one I think will be the most competitive and the most interesting. And Dallas is going to kill Tampa, so that's not going to really matter. You know, I'm looking forward to the Jacksonville game. That should be a good game. That that's one of the two. Could they fire the coach before the playoff game and then hire a new one just to coach that? Yeah, Mike Williams isn't available. Yeah. I think you could fire him on grounds with cause if you wanted to. Mike, Wait, we don't have Mike Williams because he played in a meaningless game that uh-huh. didn't matter. Thanks, and he, coach. And somehow the coach is still trying to justify yeah. it. Meanwhile, Cardinal fans everywhere are like, "Oh no, the, the Chargers are so going to hire Sean Payton now. They're so." going to hire Sean right. Payton now. That's not our top story. Let's weigh in on what we how we have as our top story of the day here. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. This is a name, Gambo, somewhere deep in the back of my mind. I wondered if his name was going to come up. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned it. I don't even know if I've said it out loud, but I swear. You take me at my word on this one. When this whole coaching search started at the beginning of the week, I had wondered, is Brian Flores going to get a look by any of these five teams? Yes. 
given his success that he had with the Miami Dolphins, given his unceremonious exit from the National Football League, given the high marks he earned with the Miami Dolphins, it was reported today by multiple people on Twitter. The Arizona Cardinals have scheduled an interview Good. with former Miami Good. Dolphins coach Brian Flores. Good. I think he's a quality candidate. I think he's a quality candidate. I don't really care about the lawsuit with the NFL and all of that stuff. I mean, to me, if he's a good coach, he's a good coach. And now he was looking at an opportunity to uh, to the, the Browns. I believe the Browns had interviewed him for the defensive coordinator job. Now, people remember him from Miami, but he was recently with the Steelers. He was a defensive assistant linebackers coach with the Steelers. Tomlin brought him on, and it was a, an incredible improvement with the Steelers and the run game. I mean, he did a really good job in helping them with the with their run game, get it getting it better. So, um, yeah, because last year they were given one hundred and forty, they were giving up one hundred and forty six rushing yards a game. This year, even losing T.J. Watt for seventh games, they jumped all the way up to ninth with just one hundred and eight yards given up per game. So they went from one forty six to eight. They went from last to ninth with him leading that attack. Look, he's a quality name. Okay, he's a good name. He's a quality candidate. Bring him in. Uh, he's you know he's a young guy too. He's forty one years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, came from the Belichick tree with New England, which I know is not always great. Got fired after a couple of years in Miami. But I, I again, you leave no stone unturned. You bring in anybody that's that could be a qualified candidate. Yeah, I mean, him. I mean, first of all, the the Belichick coaching tree is not a great one. So I, I don't know if that works against him. But we have to consider that there have not been a lot of great coaches to come off the Belichick coaching tree. That's one. How but is that even possible? I have no idea. But for it, that is, I coached under Bill Belichick for seven years. I don't, do you not know what you're doing? It's very much a thing. It just, I mean, you, you have a hard time making a list of guys who have succeeded in, in the NFL coming off the Belichick coaching tree. I will tell you, it wasn't. His name, in my mind, had nothing to do with the lawsuit. It had nothing to do with that. That was a very secondary issue. Now, I know that's the headline grabber because, hey, you're going to go hire a guy who's suing you in the National Football League. Right. It seems seems like at best a conflict of interest. I was interested in him because he truly, I think, seems to fit from everything we've heard about him. The mantra of what you're really actually looking for. A leader of men. A leader of men. A leader of men. A guy who will walk into a room and command respect. A guy who will walk in a room and you will want to follow that guy through a brick wall. Who will be the, what does Wolfley like to call it, the alpha male in the room. A guy who will come in and be the alpha male in the room. And I think for me, beyond the lawsuit and beyond everything else, that's where the appeal lies. I mean, he basically got fired from Miami in part because of the integrity in which he had. Yeah, because oh, what, there, you've there was made a secret loot. arrangement for me to meet Tom Brady on your boat? Yeah, I'm out of here. I'm not meeting mm-hmm. Tom Brady. It's against the rules. I'm not going to do it. You want me to lose on purpose? I'm not going to lose on purpose. I'm lose on purpose. I'm not, you know, $100,000. Now, he sued, and the Dolphins lost their draft pick because of it. I was interested in him because he seems to check the leader of men box. And that is why his name was so intriguing to me. And that there's he got fired after a nine and eight season too. And he gets fired after a four and twelve season or four and thirteen. He got fired after a nine and eight season. Ten and six and then nine and eight. Ten and, two and he got years. fired. Yeah. And he got fired. Ten and six, nine and eight canned. Right. You know, two like, winning seasons in a row uh-huh. and then you fired him. Uh-huh. Like oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah, no, he might be a good listen, solid candidate. Okay. Solid candidate. Um now here's what's interesting too is is some of the stuff that's coming out now. Uh, Albert Breer Quote on Twitter. This is an interesting one. 
Flores crushed his 2018 interview with the Cardinals. Word got around on him, and a year later, he had four interviews and landed the Dolphins' job. With that context, it makes sense that Michael Bidwell is circling back to him. Peter Schrager, Twitter, quote, Flores blew the Cardinals away a few years back when he interviewed for the head coaching job. A year later, he got the Dolphins' job. But he made an impression throughout that Cardinals building when he interviewed as a defensive assistant with New England. That's a That's a weird, like... Double dose of messaging there, right? Oh man, they loved him. They loved him. They loved him so much they hired Steve Wilkes. You know, he didn't get the gig. That was the Steve Wilkes hiring cycle. So they obviously like Steve Wilkes more, but it's just, I don't know what it means, but it's interesting that within moments after it was leaked that Flores is going to interview for the job, suddenly we hear about how much the Cardinals liked him, loved him four years ago, five years ago. Well, when that's, we met him. that's the benefit of bringing in multiple coaches and not just one because you could you can circle back in a few years. When you bring in a young guy like that, you know, you like him, you keep your eye on him, you watch his career, you know, like with the Rams. Sean McVay is going to stay with the Rams. He's not leaving. But they've talked about the contingency plan that they've had. McVay's been there for seven years. He's going to come back. They won the Super Bowl. Then they won five games this year. It's the worst Super Bowl from, from Super Bowl to losing record ever in the history of the NFL. Nobody's, you know, done that by McVay. Going, as quickly as he has going down. Yeah, from, yeah. From the whatever, top of the yeah. mountain to the down of the mountain. Yeah. Right. But they've, you know, they've, they've said they've, they've, they've had a contingency plan all along. So listen, if you're the Cardinals, whether you're a GM or an owner, like you have contingency plans for everything based on a lot of it's based on conversations you have with other people and interviews that you've done. So I'm sure in many ways, you know, you check some box with Flores, you really liked him, you keep your eye on him, and then, you know, here all these years later, you bring him back for an interview. Yeah. One other quick note, two other quick notes. Number one, Ian Rappaport today, speaking of the Cardinals reported interview with D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator of San Francisco. Here's what Rappaport said. It has not been a lot of coach requests from the Arizona Cardinals mostly focusing on the GM search, but they wanted to get this in for D'Amico Ryans. That, I think, speaks pretty uh, loudly just about what they think of him, and, and I think it's pretty clear what the league thinks of him. I know you're very high on him. He's got four coaching interviews, if memory serves. Yeah, no, I love him. I, again, I, I think that's the one guy right there. That's not a consolation prize. I mean, everybody wants Sean Payton. I get it. Um, but they got to pay Payton a lot of money, which is not a factor to us. But what is a factor is giving up the draft picks. You know, I'm not really keen on giving up these draft picks. So if you've got a coach, we talked about the gap yesterday. If the gap between Sean Payton and a Brian Flores or Sean Payton and the D'Amico Ryans is 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 a great gap, then okay, give up the draft picks. But if it's not that big of a gap, well, then hire D'Amico Ryans and save your draft picks. Yeah, and then real quick, the other note, Mickey Loomis, the general manager of the Saints, met with the media today that teams that are calling about Sean Payton are aware of the general terms of what it would take to acquire the coach. He held a press conference today, and, and he acknowledged, yeah, we haven't talked specific because every team has a different kind of grouping of picks that they would use as compensation. So it's not like there's a standard, but certainly every team that is called has been made very well aware of what our requirements are when it comes to it's trading too bad Sean Payton, Payton couldn't just say, you know what, I'm ready to come back and coach the Saints. Like, oh, but... all right, we'll let you out of your contract. You know, like, yeah, like you're stuck. Like you have to, like, like you, you have to get like, the compensation. Could he force their hand by saying, okay, I'll come back and coach you guys then, you know? I, but right. Dennis Allen's his buddy, and that would force them to fire. I, you know, it doesn't seem like any of that's going to happen. But that's the latest on the Sean Payton front as well. When we come back, we have the latest and a new wrinkle in the Jay Crowder saga. Jay has spoken Bro. again. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say? You'll hear next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports. It's football. Friday. Football. Friday. Gotta get down on 
Football Friday with Burns and Gambo, presented by 72 Soul. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Wow, what a mistake this was. Who put that together? <laughs> who we sings all signed the- a non-disclosure agreement, Gambo. Who, who, sang- who sings that? Is that Miley Cyrus? I believe that's Miley no, Cyrus. Rebecca Black. Oh, Rebecca Black. Gosh, you sound like Miley Cyrus. I could have sworn oh, it was I know. There were a lot of things that song attempted to sound like. So. <laughs> they failed on all of them. <laughs> wow. It is Friday here on the Burns and Gambo Show. But, uh, well, it might be a football Friday. And we might be very excited about playoffs starting this weekend. And as Gambo mentioned, you know, actual, real, legitimate, meaningful football this weekend, even though three of the games look like they're just not going to be very good at all. It might surprise us. Who knows? The other three look very good. We're going to turn our attention to basketball and away from football on this Football Friday. Hey, what's going on here? Jay Crowder is, quote, confused and hurt by the situation in Phoenix. That, according to Chris Haynes, uh, NBA insider from Yahoo Sports, and we see him on the sidelines of the, the Turner Sports games from time to time. Um, Crowder has, uh, there's a story today on Bleacher Report, and it's Chris Haynes' conversation with Jay Crowder via a text message. Uh, I'll start with that, then I'll get to what Mikhail had to say about it. Quote, this is Crowder to Bleacher Report, quote, I've spoken to every player that I've played with on that team, and they have all stressed how much they miss me and respect my decision, and I'm thankful for their understanding. This move of pushing me out the door was a blindsided hit to not only me but my teammates, as you can see from speaking to them and myself in the conversations we've had behind closed doors. There's more. I will continue to prepare myself daily for battle once the call is made and continue to be a leader on the court, locker room, as well as off the court. I am thankful my teammates appreciated my leadership. I'm confused and hurt. My coaches didn't appreciate the things I brought to our team and organization, and this has nothing to do with financial or contract differences. Close quote. Nothing to do with financial or contract differences. I don't listen. I Jay Crowder's coming up with this right now in January. He's been away for the team since the start of media day, which I believe was early October. Was that sometime in October, right? Uh, Late media day, late September. September. So October, November, December, January, almost four months now. And now he says something. They haven't traded him. Look, I don't believe that they pushed him out that door. I don't believe that they did. I think they made a commitment to start Cam Johnson. And I think that Jay wasn't satisfied with his role of being a guy that, you know, was going to play limited minutes off the bench. And I do think, you know, he, you know, whether he wanted a new contract for the Suns or he felt that by doing that, it would affect his next contract. Whatever happened there, it's he, you know, ultimately it was Jay's decision. My understanding is Jay's the one that didn't want to play under the rules that were given to him. I mean, the Suns had him, had him under contract for one more year. If he would have accepted the role of coming off the bench, and I, I think he would still be here. It doesn't make any sense to me that they would push him out the door. It just doesn't do them any good. It doesn't do them any good. You know, I mean, if because if you would if, if you would have been able to trade him over the summer, you would have traded him over the summer. But then eventually you got to the point where you said, okay, we're going to start Cam Johnson and Cam's going to start. And 
I think Jay ultimately looked at the amount of minutes that he would get and felt like it would affect his next contract by playing a limited amount of minutes. I don't think he was very happy with that. Uh, the quote from Bridges, Mikel uh, also texted a message to Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report, quote, that's one of our leaders. I texted him not too long ago and told him how much I miss him. That's my guy. It's the NBA. It happens. I know he wants to be here, but it's the league. That's just how it is sometimes. This is my fifth year in the league, and I understand how it could be. You've got to protect yourself sometimes. We'll love to have him here, but we get it. Close quote. Now, I read that line, in particular, the you've got to protect yourself sometimes line. And I think contract, right? Like, I, I think yeah. he's protecting his earning ability. He's protecting his ability for to make money on his next contract. You've got to protect yourself sometimes. Um, but then Jay follows up, and, and, and this has nothing to do with financial or contract differences. I, it, well, then what does it have to do with? You know, like, well, let's can somebody please be specific here? Can somebody please speak in, in not in generalities? And can someone please speak? speak in specific sentences that tell me exactly what this is about, because on the surface, what this really feels like, and and I know we've got these mysterious quotes to parse through here, it feels like exactly what you said. Jay, at some point over the summer, learned that he was going to be a sixth man on this team and that Cam Johnson was going to take his spot. And whether he wants to say that's contractually related or not, you can see how it's easy to connect the dots and get to it being contractually related. I'm a sixth man. I'm not going to play as many minutes. I'm not going to have as big of an impact. I'm not going to make as much money in my next contract. No, I'm not going to do that, right? And so he can say it's not about the contract, but if this is about his role on the team, it's really not that far of a leap to get to how this is about his yeah, contract. It's not six degrees of separation no, to get like from your role to the contract. It's yeah. one degree. It's it's one. It's two dots. And okay, I'm going to go from one to two. He's unhappy with his role. Draw the line. He's unhappy with his contract. And if if that's what this is about. Unless there's something we don't know about behind the scenes, and I guess we have to keep that open as a possibility, what exactly did the Suns do wrong here by telling a player, hey, you're going to be our sixth man next year? That's still a very important role to us, and we're still paying you next year to do it. What did the Suns do wrong if that's what this is about? You know, last time that I remember something like this happening is when the Cardinals told Jordan Hicks that he wasn't going to start. And he ended up starting, you know? But you go, you battle, even if they tell you can't, you go and right. you battle and you, you try to beat the guy out and you try to earn your playing time. I mean, Monty Williams is, you know, Dario's in and Dario's out. Kaminsky's in and Kaminsky's out. Bismack Biombo's on the bench, then he's playing second string, then he's the, that, that he, like, he's, that he's starting, then he's back to, th- like, you, it's an ebb and flow thing mm-hmm. for a lot of guys, you know? Devin Booker's going to start every game. Chris Paul's going to start every game. DeAndre Ayton's going to be But there are other guys that can see their roles increase or decrease depending on how they play and how they practice. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I'm just, I'm searching hard. And and now, you know, and there, the other part about this statement that I think bothers me a little bit is, okay, so here's Crowder. The trade deadline is February 9th. So we're, what, today's the 13th. So we're about three weeks away from it, give or take, three and a half weeks away from the trade deadline in the NBA. He's obviously very antsy to get moved, right? Because the longer he sits, the, the, the more and more he's costing himself for the next contract, the more he looks like the bad guy. It's interesting, and I, I don't particularly appreciate 
how he's trying to kind of rally his teammates around him, even though he's not on the team anymore. That part kind of bothers me a little bit. Like, Jay, you're the one who's not there, and yet he's trying to make it sound like I've spoken to every player that I've played with on that team, and they have all stressed how much they miss me and respect my decision, and I'm thankful for their understanding. This move of pushing me out the door was a blindsided hit to not only me, but my teammates. Almost like he's trying to justify or create some sort of a division within the Suns, like to paint this picture of all of these players support me and not them. All of these players are on my side and not their side. And I, and if that's what he's trying to do by saying that, I don't appreciate that at all. Not one bit. Yeah, I if think that's what he's I, trying to do. I think if they were pushing him out, all he had to do was show up and make them make them because then you'd have a new team. Make them cut you, make them wave you, release you, trade you. If like if 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 they really don't want you there and you show up to you show up, you're kind of forcing their hand, right? Yeah. I'm here. Like I'm I'm here. Like I'm going to play, I'm going to practice and you know, make something happen. But being away from the team, look, the, the, the Suns would have loved to have moved Jay Crowder in November, uh, December. Or they, they would have loved to have him move. You think they want this distraction? No, they would love to be able to make a trade. They're not going to make a terrible trade. Um, but a lot of the fans think you're going to get something good for Jay Crowder. And the chances are you're probably not going to get anything that good for Jay Crowder. He's an older player, non-athletic, expiring contract. I like him. He's a good role player. But that's what you would get back from another team. You would get back somebody else's role player. I would just love to know what his specific grievance is with the Phoenix Suns specifically what are you upset about what's bothering you what what did they do wrong well, how, how did they how did they how did they screw you over tell me specifically and instead it's just more generalities and more of these vague things it's just make it look like it was because they wanted you to be the sixth man go cry me a river you know I mean that stuff happens all the time I I, I, I don't know text us your thoughts the FanDuel text line it's open at 620-620 so while the Suns are trying to find a trade partner for their grumpy veteran could another Valley team soon be finding a home for their veteran we don't know if he's grumpy or not so I won't term him that that's next on the Burns and Gambo show the Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll. Presented by Sanderson Ford. I wish a happy Friday to not only our producer, Mitch, but our update guy and afternoon contributor, Eric Ruby. Happy Friday to you, sir. Happy Friday. Yes. What you got for us today with the poll question? What are you making us think about today? Well, I feel like I know where you guys lean on this, but we were genuinely curious about the fans, Suns fans specifically. This Jay Crowder situation, frustrations bubbling up. Who are you more frustrated with? Is it Jay Crowder? Is it the Suns? Or are you not frustrated? At this point, you're just confused. <laughs> I'm going with three. It's a weird situation, I'm frustrated. Man. I'm frustrated, dazed, and confused. <laughs> what do you... Okay, I know why I'm frustrated with Jay. I guess I'm probably frustrated with the Suns for having not done something about it by now. Like, like man, if you had told me... When did you say media day was? Uh, late September? Here we are in mid-January, and Jake Crowder's still on the roster. Come on, man. Move on, right? Um, yes. Um, give me, what was option three again? Option three was, you're not frustrated. You're just confused. I'm, I'm frustrated, but I'm not 
I'm frustrated with both sides. So I'm going to use that as sort of my all of the that's above. Fair. Frustrated, option. dazed, and confused. Yeah. You probably could have put an all of the above. Yeah, that's option. fine. I'm, we like making people choose. I'm frustrated with all of the above. So I'm going to use option three as my all. I of just the wanted above. to come up with a movie reference for Burnsy. Dazed and confused. Dazed and confused. Directed by Richard Linklater. Oh my god. Starting, oh my started god. Production. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Sorry, I, I Matthew swear, McConaughey. I swear to God, I looked this up and I was like, he's not going to know it, so I'm not going to put him on. I'm not going to ask him the question. All right, all right. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Directed by who? What'd you say again? Richard, Richard Linklater. Richard Linklater. Like, I, so I actually looked that up when I because when I first said dazed and confused, but then like I didn't know the name. I'm like, I'm not going to put him on the spot and ask him who directed it so he looks stupid. I got four rings. You don't. And mm, he so shut up. up. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking Rain Man for movies. Sorry, no. I mean, really, dazed that, and confused was 1993, and Bernsey knows who directed it. That one is a classic. I mean, is it classic coming of age movie? Really good, yeah. And I'm probably the only one on the show who's seen it, right? We got to start picking movies that nobody's no, seen. No, I saw it. Do you see Dazed and Confused? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Richard Linklater is the same guy who made um, School of Rock, and he made um, oh that crazy movie Boyhood. Did you see that movie? Where they they took a boy and they filmed scenes with him when he was like five, and then they came back a year later and they filmed scenes with him when he was six. And as you watch this two-hour movie. It's literally this kid over 20 years as he's grown up. Why is that interesting? Because it just took 20 years to make. It's a movie that took 20 years to make. Who wants to wait 20 years to make a movie? This guy did, apparently. Well, he just thought it'd be stupid. a great idea. Bickley, Bickley was talking about some movie called The Menu. Anybody see that? I've heard about The I, Menu. Mitch has seen it. Yes. Is it good? I love that movie. Really? Yeah. Is it about a, Is it about like a chef or a food or something? Yeah, so Rafe Fiennes, the guy who plays Voldemort in the Harry Potter movies, that's where most people know him. He plays this Don't give chef too much away. Like Don't get too much away. Etc. And his the thing that I love most is when he does the clap and all of his uh, sous chefs, his sous come, chefs to all kind of come to attention. Yes, yeah. chef. I haven't I seen like it. I like a movie like that. Don't ask me who directed it. I don't know. I'm not I know. I know who's in it. I don't know who directed the menu, but I, I know who's right. in it. Right. Uh, survey the poll. I'm sorry. We just no. I, I love it. We I went down. It. We went down the slide on a Friday. What you got for us? Forty-two point five percent of people who voted on this are more frustrated with Jay Crowder. But in second place at 37.4%, people are just confused, man. What is going on? 20.1% say they're more frustrated with the Suns. Yeah, I, I'm not sensing a lot of Suns frustration. on The only Suns frustration is, A, how come you haven't traded him yet? And B, is there something else we don't know about that's causing all this to happen that maybe is responsible for the Suns, by the Suns? I don't know. That's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Thanks, guys, for chiming in. I do have to see the menu. It's very much on the list. I've, I've heard I it's, Bickley mentioned it, but I just don't know that uh, food, food shows aren't really like mine. I like action, adventure. I, I, I don't think it's your standard tip. If it's what it if it's about what I think it's about, I don't think it's your typical. Yeah, it might not be my type of food kind of. I think it's almost right. more like a horror movie. If I'm not horror mistaken, movie. yeah, I think it's so. A little shrouded bit. in mystery. It's shrouded anybody, in mystery. Any fights? Anybody get beat up? Any blood? <laughs> I think any blood. violence? I believe there's a lot of violence okay. and a lot of blood. Yeah. Okay. Because I like Just no vi- Vikings. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Okay. I do like violence in movies. Uh, maybe you should check it out yeah, this weekend. I like violence, but don't. You know, sometimes I, I worry about giving you a movie recommendation. I've given them to you in the past, and we, you and I have very different tastes. Right. Very, very. Let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins here for a okay. minute or two. Yep. Um, DeAndre Hopkins saw some Vegas odds that came out, and then I saw another story that you emailed over um, about where DeAndre Hopkins, NFL teams that should target DeAndre Hopkins following the latest trade rumors. Some of these teams we've talked about, some of these teams specifically you've brought up. The story um, actually even 
and mentions you mentioning Jacksonville as a potential destination for DeAndre Hopkins. Here's the teams they mention. And again, some of these we've talked about before. Mentions the Baltimore Ravens. You stop. I didn't even, want to talk I didn't about even know the story mentioned me mentioning Jacksonville, but now I'm seeing it right now. See, Mitch and I were talking about the, during yeah. the break. We thought for sure you knew the story mentioned you. No? I didn't know that. No, I just I I I, I kind of copy and pasted all the teams. Now I'm reading Jacksonville specifically, and it says I'm being told Hopkins prefers to uh, get to go to either the Jaguars or the Chargers. Gambador said on 98.7 Burns Gambo. Uh, um, you didn't know that. I didn't know I was in the story. This might be one of the dumbest shows on radio. I swear I didn't know I was in the Bleacher Report story. They often you know comment on the stu- on things that I say, but I did not know that I was in this Bleacher Report story. This show has. I Lost. No idea. The show has lost brain cells this week. It's been that bad. It's just brain cells oozing out our ears. I was too busy winning. <laughs> yeah, mention you. Mention you and what you said about Jacksonville. Baltimore, yeah. Chicago, Cleveland, Jacksonville, the Chargers, another team you've mentioned. Jacksonville and the Chargers are the two teams that I've heard uh, from people close to Hopkins, that he that's where he is saying he would prefer to go to those situations. Jacksonville and the Chargers. Now, you know, it depends. It takes two to tango, so he may say, I really like those situations, but we'll see if he ends up there. But Jacksonville and the Chargers are the teams that I've heard he'd like to play for. The Patriots and the Giants were teams that were also on the list that actually made the cut. Now, if you're going to go odds, and uh, tip of the cap to Bo Brack for tweeting this out. This is according to bookies.com. The Chiefs are actually the odds-on favorite to get him at plus 300, followed by the Patriots, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Giants, you know what's about and the, the Lions. You know what's interesting about the Chiefs? Hmm. They lost Tyreek Hill. They didn't, they didn't skip a beat, man. I know. I know. Not one beat. Yeah. They lost Tyreek Hill. And they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. They're more than fine. They're doing great. Juju, like, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I don't know that they would go out and spend that type of money on Hopkins because they let they didn't pay Tyreek Hill what he wanted to. Maybe they do. I mean, it may depend on the playoffs. If they fall short this year, they may say, okay, we need a guy like that. But it's inter- what I found interesting about this wasn't the teams, okay? Because the teams, like you just mentioned all the teams. Yeah. What I found interesting about it is that this is really... Really starting to pick up a lot of steam. This is real. This story that Hopkins is going to get traded. Look, we don't know who the coach is. We don't know who the GM is. We don't know that anybody want, in your Cardinals organization is going to trade Hopkins. We saw that his Instagram, he had that Instagram post that was kind of like a goodbye. But the, he is under contract. And the people that are going to be making this decision, the GM and the coach, we don't even know who they are right now. The only thing we got a little tidbit was that Michael Bidwell has talked about, hey, we want to kind of move on. So maybe... That's a foregone conclusion. The owner's going to tell whoever the GM is, you got to trade this guy. I want out from under this contract. I want to get draft picks for him. And maybe that's why, you know, that's part of it, why it took up. But it is taking off yeah. that Hopkins is going to get traded. It, it is. And I think you're right. I think that, that little morsel that we had from Jordan Schultz a couple of days ago when he reported that DeAndre Hopkins is telling or that uh, Michael Bidwell is telling incoming GM prospects, I want to trade DeAndre Hopkins. And, and maybe it's also just kind of rooted in common sense. And the common sense of the situation is with Kyler Murray missing at least three games, probably more next year. We don't know for sure, but that seems to be the the theory that there's just not much of a point to having DeAndre Hopkins on the roster because to keep DeAndre Hopkins, never forget this if you're a Cardinals fan. It's not just a simple keep him, let him go deal. If you keep him, you got to redo the deal. He's taking up a $31 million cap hit next year. You, you, yeah. That can't be. That can't be. 
If you're keeping them, you have to redo the contract. You have to give them more guaranteed money. Is now really the time you want to go give DeAndre Hopkins more guaranteed money and restructure that deal? It's just common sense, especially when your quarterback's probably going to miss a couple of games at least next year. It seems like it's driven by the Schultz story, and it's driven by common sense. And I'll tell you something else, and I think okay. our, our buddy Jarecki tweeted this out today or at least suggested this today, and I, I don't think he's off. When we talk about this expensive draft pick compensation it's going to cost to get Sean Payton, you could argue you're going to get some of that back when you trade D-Hop. That like, people might balk at, what, a second this year and a first next year? Yeah, it's expensive, but if I'm trading D-Hop and I'm getting a second back this year, am I more willing to part with a second this year and a first next year, knowing I'm getting draft pick compensation back for DeAndre Hopkins? Probably. Probably. I could look at it like that, or I could look at it like, there's a lot of freaking holes to fill on this team. You need as many draft picks as you can get. Yeah, but again, it's like what you said, and we'll talk more about Peyton in a few minutes, but it's like if you believe Peyton is the guy and you want to get him, now you're looking for ways to pay for it, right? And DeAndre Hopkins might be a way to pay for it some point eventually down the road yeah i'm really torn on the peyton thing because again i there is a line for me that i i just don't want to cross when it comes to draft pick compensation six playoff games this weekend starting tomorrow two nfc west teams playing and against each other for the third time this year we'll deep dive into that matchup into the other nfc games next on the burns and gambo show Football Friday with Burns and Gambo, presented by 72 Soul, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Meaningful football. Hello. Come in. Have a seat. Can I make you a drink? Nice to see you. It's been a while. Sorry, I'm excited. Oh, about- yeah. It's Come on been in. a while. Come on Not in. Not much. Can you get you a snack? How about you? Put your feet up. Go ahead. Make yourself at home. Such a long time. It's been a while since we've had, really like, really mom. meaningful. I mean, I know it doesn't involve our local team. Uh, uh, but this it's, is great. This is it's great. It's going to be nice. Playoff mm. football. Bring Here it on. go. Now, this weekend, not my favorite. I'm more of a next weekend guy. You're a next weekend I'm guy. More, I'm a next weekend guy. Okay. This weekend to me is. You think we get rid of the riffraff? Yeah. Get rid of the riffraff. Let's get rid of the riffraff. There's, there's, there's some riffraff we got to get rid of. I'm sure we'll have a surprising result or two along the way. We always do this. I remember last year. If I remember, I think if I remember right, this weekend last year was really good. There were like really close games. I will have to go back and look and remind myself. But here we go. Let's like, we're going to break this Let's down go. by conference. Let's, Let's start go. with the NFC, right? Yes. Where do you want to start, Mister Gambo? Seattle and San Francisco. Let's go in the division, baby. All right. It's a obviously an NFC West rivalry. The 49ers have beat the Seahawks in their two previous meetings this year. A combined score of forty-eight to twenty. Those that score isn't really reflective of the beatdown San Francisco put on Seattle in those games. For those who are curious, when teams have won the first two meetings and then they host that team the third time, okay. those teams are 14-9. and nine. That's it, huh? That's it. Ooh. I'm a little surprised yeah. at how... Bleh, that two, number two is. things. When you got teams trending in different directions, the 49ers have won 10 games in a row, five with Garoppolo, five with Brock Purdy. Um, the 49ers actually averaged 22 points per game in their first 11 games. Now they're at 33 and a half. So since Purdy stepped in, they're averaging about, uh, about 10, 11 points more per game. He's already beat Seattle this year. The 49ers defense, we know this. They are as good as anybody. They do not allow explosive plays. And then you look at Geno Smith trending in the wrong direction. Yeah. Eight touchdowns and five interceptions in the 
last five games after really going off in the beginning and having 22 touchdowns versus six picks in his first 12. So he has not played at the same level. I would think that this should be an easy win for the San Francisco 49ers. It, it feels like it. Now, this is the first postseason test for Brock Purdy, and obviously that's a different deal, and we'll see you know, how he's up to that task. I, I think if you're looking for one flaw in the 49ers, and it might end up being a flaw this weekend or somewhere down the road, you know, at some point Brock Purdy is going to have to do something to help his team win a football game in a high-pressure moment. probably not this game. Probably not this game. I, I, Geno Smith's numbers, if you look at his numbers versus the Niners versus everybody else, this has been a bad matchup for him. Um, everything trending the wrong direction, the way you're talking about Seattle's defense hasn't been up to snuff the last few weeks. They really limped into the postseason. Let's be honest. I was reading an NFL.com prediction about this game, and the guy who wrote it was so spot on. As much as I've enjoyed Pete Carroll coaching his heart out this year, this game would be much better with the Lions involved, and he ain't wrong. This game would be so I know, I much know. better with the Detroit Lions involved because they just they, they're going in on the right note. They would have been going in yeah, on the right note. Kind football. of that spunk, that energy is where it feels like the Seahawks are just yeah, kind of slinking in. Seattle has always owned San Francisco, but not this year. But Seattle had always owned them. But Nick Bosa led the league in sacks. He's been great. You know, you, you go and you have the top ranked defense and a number five offense with San Francisco. They're good on both sides of the ball. We thought maybe their offense would struggle a little bit. But it's not. I mean, they've got a great tight end. They've got a really good running game. Uh, they've got a couple of guys to throw the ball to. Brandon Ayuk had a good year. Like, they, they're going to be very, very difficult to stop on offense, and their defense is fantastic. I don't think that Seattle can play with them. All right, so that one is 2.30 on Saturday. Okay. The next NFC game, fast forward now to 2.30 on Sunday, and that is the six-seeded New York Giants taking on the third-seeded Minnesota Vikings in for what is my money – uh, the most fascinating game of the weekend. It, uh, this one is really hard to see what's going to go down. Well, they played each other earlier this year. And it was a three-point game. Although the Vikings were in control, the Giants had a, la- a touchdown late to make it 27-24. Uh, but the Giants threw everything at Kirk Cousins. He was really good in that game. He handled the blitzes. He was 15 out of 23 for 171 yards and two touchdowns against the Blitz. Now, the Giants had a tight end problem in that game. T.J. Hawkinson, his best game as a Viking, came against the Giants. 13 catches on 16 targets, 109 yards. The Giants don't cover tight ends well, and T.J. Hawkinson is a really good one. That was a good move for them. So that'll be a problem right there. But the Giants you know they can run the football and Minnesota's defense has been you know has been questionable especially lately <laughs> it yes, has it been has. questionable lately so you know if the Giants you know if the Giants go back to doing what what made them great in past eras run the football play great defense they'll have a shot here yeah this one to me it really comes down to trust and it's hard to know who to trust in this game I don't trust Minnesota I, I, it, they're all those close games that they won Kirk Cousins offensive line that Vikings defense which has not been very good this year at all. Yeah, they score points in bunches. Kirk Cousins himself, you know, Kirk Cousins in big moments. That's always been kind of a stigma how he does in those games. 
but I also have trust issues with. So I, I kind of have to choose which team I have the fewer trust issues in, and I think I have the fewer trust issues in the Giants. Yeah. I, I think I trust them a little bit more than I do the Vikings, even though this game is in Minnesota. I think New York wins. I think it's close. I think Minnesota is due to lose a close game, and it feels like it's their turn. Yeah, I think both. You know, the Giants' offense is going to be able to move the ball on that defense. They did the last time they played; they'll be able to do it again. Uh, Giants just have to have to avoid those those big plays, and again, they have to figure out a way to cover the tight end. Then the final NFC game is on Monday Let's night. Let's go. Cowboys taking on the Buccaneers. Oh, yeah. We do have a lunch bet on this one. Gambo's very fired up about it. He's convinced he is going to. Brady's going down. Take me to the woodshed on this one. These two teams, Tom Brady's never lost to the Dallas Cowboys. He's 7 mm-hmm. 0 against them. There are, here are the numbers that I was uh, citing earlier. There are 11 players on the Cowboys roster who were alive the last time the Cowboys won a playoff game away from home. It was the 1992 NFC title game at San Francisco. Oh, they struggled on the road. They're 0 for their last eight. 1992? Uh-huh. They're 0-8 and in their last eight road playoff games. Now, I was 26 years old. Now, you were a young man. My wife was four. Well, that sounds really unnecessary for you to even bring that up. <laughs> probably one of those things that we'd file in the category of you should probably keep that to yourself. <laughs> Which I think a wow. lot of what you say, we should just file into the uh, you should probably keep I that was 26 to years old. Don't say it again because you're so shocked by it. I would just mm. keep it to yourself. Yeah, this, we, we, we were young. Okay. I'm not getting any younger. No, you're not. These two teams are, both have glaring problems, right? And we know Tampa Bay's. They've struggled. This one comes. They can't run the football. I, I, there's a lot of things can't they can't the do. Ball. I know. But but the Cowboys defense hasn't played very well lately. Dak looked terrible last weekend he, in a game in which the Cowboys. Good. And he's not been good. He leads the league in interceptions. Yeah, tied for the league Seven straight games with a pick, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not. But they can run. Right. They can run. They can I, run the ball. I, I get it. You run the ball behind that offensive line. You stop their run. And you, you put the pressure on, ba- on Brady. I mean, the Cowboys had the top pressure rate in the NFL. And if you don't have to worry about the Bucks being able to run the ball, you just you just tee off on Brady. That's how the, that that's the the mo in beating Brady is that. And I think the Cowboys have the formula to do it because that's what the Giants did when they beat him in the two Super Bowls. You beat the hell out of him with Osio Minyora and Michael Strahan. You, you go after him, and I think that Dallas can do that, knowing that the Bucks can't run the football. No, I know they can't. Brady will try to get rid of the ball so quickly to minimize that pass rush as best as he possibly can. Look, I'm not sitting here and saying the Bucks are great. They're not. They're terrible. They've been so mediocre all year. But this is why I made this bet with you. Who who am I going to believe in more in a playoff game, Tom Brady or the Dallas Cowboys? Man, that one for me is a no-brainer. I, I will not believe in the Dallas Cowboys until they give me a reason to believe in the Dallas Cowboys, and they haven't for the better part of the last 30 years. I hate the Cowboys. I know you do. So I, I, I know you I do. just don't believe that this Bucks team is any good. I just Tom Brady in the playoffs, I think, is good for one. I don't think he's good for any more. I think he's good for one win because it's Tom Brady. Okay. So we'll see. Okay. Lunch. We, we, got, we got lunch on we it. We got lunch on that one. I, we like, I, like, I like Dallas to win easily. Easily. Double digits. Double digits. Double digits. Double digits. At least 10 points. Double digits. At least 10 points. You're just over there. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You know what? I knew you were going to cut that up when I said it. I knew you were. Sean Payton is still at the top of the list for all Cardinals fans. Are the Cardinals at the top of his list? That's next. Burns and Gambo.